In a recent guest commentary for HME News, Sarah Hanna, the CEO of ECS North, rallied the sidekicks of the HME industry, the revenue cycle staff that not only make our industry hum, but as we've learned during the COVID-19 pandemic, the healthcare industry at large. Teresa and I are going to call Sarah to talk about how to acknowledge these important employees in your business and what are the top trends in revenue cycle and payment processing. I'm Liz Bollier. And I'm Teresa Flaherty. And this is HME News in 10 from HME News. Stay with us. Change Healthcare is the nation's leading technology and services company for providers, payers, and consumers with a focus on comprehensive RCM solutions for the home health and DME segments, Change Healthcare offers improved revenue and compliance for these providers. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to HME News in 10. Hi, Liz. It's great to be here. I appreciate being a guest. Yes. Thanks for visiting with us today. I also have um, Teresa, our managing editor, on the phone. Hi, Hi Teresa. Sarah. Well, we're we're excited to have you. Wanted to start off. You were we were lucky enough to um, publish a guest commentary from you recently, Sarah, where you compared an HME company's revenue cycle staff and frontline healthcare workers to Batman and Robin. Why are revenue staff so important to healthcare running so smoothly? Well, you know, it all started because I was having a meeting with my own. Uh, revenue cycle staff, and, you know, I was just trying to give them a pep talk because, you know, we are in such challenging times, and especially right at the height of it in April, and, you know, we were talking, and I said, you guys, you know, we are the motor that keeps this thing going, so our frontline workers are out there doing the job, and they are putting, you know, of course, their lives at risk and, you know, being out there in um, the midst of the pandemic. But without us and the revenue cycle, they wouldn't have what they need to do their job. You know, we have to, as in the intake people, the medical documentation personnel, prioritizations, your billing, all those people are working to get the money in the door for the services which are being provided. And without those collections coming in and without each of those people doing their jobs accurately and timely and getting the information that is needed, then there's no money to pay for the PPE that's needed, the delivery vehicles that are needed, and the items that are needed. So I think, you know, it is a huge driving force to providing the care to the patients that are out there during this public health emergency. Sarah, how can HME companies make their revenue cycle staff feel like their jobs are important? How can they make them feel like their jobs are important? Mm-hmm. Well, here's here's the thing, talking with them and showing that you see what they're doing and that you're hearing the challenges that they're that they're having. So it's showing them that you care and that you hear them and listen them so that you hear the words they're saying. So if you acknowledge their accomplishment, that is another area. And we always think of how do we recognize? Well, we're going to give a gift card. We're going to give a raise or what have you. And those are all great things. 
But people usually stay with a job not because I got a raise last year. It's because they feel loyal. They feel commit committed. They also understand the mission, and they also believe in the leadership. So leadership has to show that they care about those people as individuals. And even though sometimes it's not easy to hear the challenges they're going through, and maybe as leaders oh, we're just so busy we don't have time, but taking that time to really listen and to listen to understand is a huge aspect of keeping that momentum going, showing that you care. But also, of course, you want to give those little, you know, surprises, the gift cards, the raise if you're able to, and so forth to show that you appreciate what they're doing. But also, as you go through that, you want to look at providing them the resources they need to perform the job, good reference material, ongoing training, coaching, and communication. Those are are huge aspects in, in the process as well. Great, Sarah. You've talked a, a little bit about why Revenue Cycle staff are so, why members of that staff are so important. You've talked a little bit about how to, you know, let them know how important their jobs are. How have you seen the role of Revenue Cycle staff change over the years? And how might it change in, in the future, the role that those folks play? Well, Fortunately or unfortunately, I've got a lot of years under my belt. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I've seen a lot of changes. And, you know, when I started in the industry, I mean, of course, we had higher reimbursement, less documentation was required, and like little to no audits. And in the past, you had 365 days from the date the claim was billed for timely filing. And sometimes it's, you know, a year uh, from the date the claim was denied you know, boy, wouldn't we like to go back to those years, right? And the billing side had the largest staff. The intake side had a lot smaller. And then from the front end, it was, you know, hey, if they had a billing question, they didn't have to know that kind of stuff. They didn't have to know coverage. They just call the billing guru in the back and say, hey, you know, what do I need for a wheelchair? What do I need for a walker? So, you know, that has changed tremendously. So, now, of course, I think everything, I think I know, the documentation requirements have really changed from a back-end process to the front-end. So there's mm-hmm. a lot more of a heavy lift by our intake, our customer service representatives, and also maybe making, you know, departments, special departments for medical documentation and prior authorization. And then now you're talking about the future? Wow. Let's get the crystal ball out, right? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think there's going to be, you know, there's already been payer consolidation, but I think the year is going to be a, a more of an increase in prior authorization process for all payers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're seeing that, of course, from a Medicare standpoint, but, I mean, it's put on hold because of the PHE, but that's going to increase over time, and we're seeing that actually on the commercial payer side. I do think that one thing COVID has done is it's opened up payers' eyes to the technology that's out there that can help us. Sarah, how has the pandemic complicated the payment process, and how ultimately should it strengthen that process? Well, initially, I think it really, you know, you have to say, well, there's, you know, silver lining to every horrible thing that happens. But I think the pandemic actually, of course, eased up some of the payment process for us. 
you know, audits were put on, put on hold. Uh, they were becoming, you know, so hard to keep up with. Now it's coming back into play since it got reinstituted in August. But the face-to-face requirements were waived. Some of the um, testing requirements were waived for auction. Delivery signatures were waived. And it paved the way for new diagnosis diagnoses to be added when that normally takes years to happen in the medical coverage policy. So COVID was automatically put into the as a valid diagnosis for respiratory products. So, you know, that was one of the few things that really actually happened that, you know, showed that, you know, we got a little ease in some of those overburdening processes and, and hits with the with the payment and documentation protocols. And I also hope that, you know, from this experience that the payers will now open up their eyes a little bit to not looking at us as, you know, oh, we're only out there to, you know, defraud the payment system and to to process claims that are not actual and that they can see that our providers have risen to the occasion and that we deserve some more respect than we've gotten in the past. Great, Sarah, thank you. Um, You know, you're uh, very much a leader of your staff there at ECS North, and obviously we've talked a lot about the pandemic, you know, to close. I was hoping you could share with us, you know, something you've learned about yourself as as a leader during these challenging times. Well, I tell you what, as a leader, um, I'm, I'm a work in progress. I've really focused on development over the last few years and in um, helping my team to become more engaged through their experience with my company. But what it's also taught me is no matter where you are in your company, when things hit, it's all hands on deck. And for me, you're never too old to get back in and do the processes you did 30 years ago, right? (laughs) Because just because you have a title of CEO behind your name or president or supervisor or manager, that means nothing when it's all hands on deck. We've got to go in and work on this together. So, you know, during the pandemic, it also opened my eyes on areas where I needed to put more focus on. And so I really got my hands dirty and got down to the basics and said, all right, we need to improve this area and I'm going to lead the charge and I'm going to uh, show, you know, I'm in it with you. And, you know, that really, that really helped out a lot as well. And then I also, not just, you know, from the pandemic, but through your own self-discovery, really taking that time. And I really believe taking that time to communicate with your people, not just, you know, the people who are your immediate reports, but those throughout your company and checking in, seeing how they're doing, how can we do better in the company, what can we provide you to help do your job, and so asking those questions and then, you know, really getting their feedback on what do they think of me as a leader, asking you know, how do you think I'm doing? And do, and I sent out a survey to say, how do you think I'm doing? Because if we want to do better and grow our companies, then we're only our people are only as good as we are leaders. 
So I think having that self-evaluation and really taking to heart, I mean, there's some things that come back that you're like, well, that can't happen. But there's a lot of great feedback that you're like, oh, man, I hadn't thought about that. And so I really had appreciated that I took the time to do that because it was eye-opening, encouraging, and gave me some great ideas for our future of the company. That's great advice, Sarah. Thank, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon, and stay safe. All right. Well, thank you for having me, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to be back on the road and we'll be able to see each other in person soon. Definitely. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that's HME News in 10.